Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. I'm the Master of Ceremonies, Matt. This is Spooktober, everybody. We everyone are here, everyone. Ooh. It is time. <laughs> We're coming at you nice and late in the month with the start of our Spooktober uh, series. And that's because, not because uh, of laziness. Life gets crazy. <laughs> We've also been doing a lot of very diligent work for all of you people, seeing a lot of content that we're going to be covering a lot of uh, in the next several episodes. Um, just movies that have been coming out, Halloween we're going to be talking about, and then, of course, this being our proper series. And it in itself is it's, it's a whole other beast. <laughs> These mm-hmm. are three movies. Oh, yeah. Three uh, movies that are going to be all sorts of... Man, I can't wait to bring everyone along for how the ride that that is this it's franchise. It's a fun, so far. fun ride. Oh yeah, I'm it's so a glad blast. That it's turning out well so far. <laughs> Me too, man. Because I was a little scared going into it that neither of us knew much of anything about these movies. Yeah, there but was a period. Luckily, of time... we went into a good one. <laughs> there was a period about 15 minutes into the, this first movie, uh, and it wasn't because the movie was bad, but I was I just had the thought of like. What if all these movies are shit? Like, Netflix, you know, they have a lot of hits, okay? But they also have a mm-hmm. lot of misfires, especially when it comes to their original content marketed towards, like, teenagers. Um, we can, I mean, we can ask Kevin about the atrocities that is the Netflix original rom-com category. So yes, that's true. I, for a second, was like, oh, fuck, did we just screw ourselves into having to talk about three kind of shitty movies? Like, well, it's actually for the next really funny. <laughs> It's really funny that you bring up that you're not normally a huge fan of all of Netflix's original materials, because that's not how this movie started. This movie, or this trilogy, was originally created for a theatrical release, um, where each movie would be released a month after each other. So it's just a little bit longer of a in-between than we ended up getting with the week releases on Netflix. Okay, so it, it was, was a made... week in between. I, I forgot when those movies were coming out because the time I started paying attention with all three had already been out. Yeah, so they came out a week apart in July of 2021 on Netflix. Um, but originally they were supposed to do a June, July, and August release in, tw- in theaters in 2020. Ooh. Um, and that fell apart, first of all, because of the pandemic. Damn but it. secondly, because um, Disney had bought Fox, because this was originally a part of a 20th Century Studios uh, distribution release. Okay. And since they, since they had the opportunity when Disney did its buyout, um, the company that made the movie, uh, Churnin Entertainment, decided to end the distribution deal and then di- made a multi-year deal with Netflix instead. And thus Netflix's Fear Street was born. Yeah, and it was all already filmed and everything. They filmed it in 2019, back to back to back. They filmed all three of these movies, I think, in the span of five or six months. Oh, so this was Uh all pre-pandemic stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything except for the release took place before the pandemic. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm really glad that Netflix ended up picking these movies up. Netflix is um, one of the streaming services, I would say, that's known for its original horror like mm-hmm. the next, uh, I mean, obviously Shutter, but like recently Hulu um, with a lot more of their uh, television content, but also like fucking Hellraiser, which we're going to talk mm-hmm. about soon as well. Um, yeah. 
but Netflix is is before Shutter was kind of like the home for like small studio horror that ended mm-hmm. up blowing up. I mean, I feel like we can credit Mike Flanagan's whole career to Netflix just because it was able to get everyone to see his movies and it mm-hmm. gave him an outlet to create his his like extended series extended series content which yeah. now is like all the rage and obviously he's making him a fuckload of money and giving him a lot more whatever he decides to do next movie wise if he decides to do a movie i mean mm-hmm. the hype for that is going to be nuts well, I will say, um, I'm not going to poke any rumor fires right now, but I do know that um, Matt Reeves and his Batman universe has been talking to um, writers and directors about doing movies based on the rogues galleries, which is something that Mike Flanagan has been talking about wanting to do a Clayface movie for years. And they- so there's a potential <laughs> chance that he'll be able to do that. Every remember okay, you remember about a year or two ago <laughs> when you texted me saying that the writer for the Moon Knight show was writing the new Mortal Kombat movie, and I was like, uh-huh. every word that you just said is the best thing I've ever heard. That can go in that category also. <laughs> um, God damn, because I I was just re-listening to our Let Me In episode earlier because uh, Steph was telling me about it, and I'm just like, man. I miss Matt Reeves. It's been a while since I got to, like, really get, like, a big artistic, like, boner for his stuff. And Mike Flanagan is just like that. So Mm -hmm. the sheer fact that both of them could come together to make anything, let alone a Batman movie, let alone a Batman movie about a villain no one's ever had the balls to touch, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. And I can't wait to see how Warner Brothers inevitably fucks that up, but that would be (laughs) lovely in some parallel universe where that happens. Yes. They just don't know what's what's good. Anyway, so we're getting off. This is clearly, you can tell, like, you and I have not spoken in a while. I feel yeah, like it's I been a minute. <laughs> um, back to Fear Street, though. So, yes. in a sentence, and the movie says it itself in probably the first couple of minutes, it's trash, lowbrow horror. But you know what? That's okay. That's why we're all here. And if you know that going in, and you have your expectations at a reasonable, you know, level when it comes to at the very least, like what slasher means, uh, you're mm-hmm. going to love this movie. Like it's yeah. a slasher movie without being like a slasher movie where it's like scream and shit where it's, it's all about the kills. It's still very much about the story. Uh, but when mm-hmm. there are kills, Oh fuck, there's kills. Yeah. Yeah, this movie has some really rad kill. There's one that always sticks out in particular with this movie. And I'm sure and, we're going to talk about it. And they're all very sudden. Like kind of mm-hmm. anti-slasher where like the whole pivot of a scene is the kill. The kill is kind of like the inciting incident for like the next big span of like 20 minutes. Mhm. Which yeah, I kind of right. dig cuz then the deaths and we'll talk about this a lot more with the second movie. Um, but the deaths have impact to the people mm-hmm. around them. The deaths have impact to their families. They have ripple effects across history. They immediately impact the like Im- like the friend group that they're a part of, uh, mm-hmm. and it makes the horror real. Like it makes getting chased by a bunch of like ghost necromantic slasher killers. It mm-hmm. makes that not silly. It makes it kind of serious and real with long-term, like, socioeconomic 
like <laughs> impacts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> And that's what's that's what's most shocking is that yeah you're absolutely right. <laughs> like it's it's just like that's part of what's so weird about defining what this movie is because it is a goofy goosebumps movie. But it's like what if mm-hmm. a goofy goose like what if the shocker on Shock Street like made your father have a drinking problem so bad that he left the family? Like that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about here when it comes to depth yeah. of of how serious this takes. And it's kind of cool because there are jokes still, so it's not, like, completely serious, but it's also Mm -hmm. at the same time not completely serious silly crap that isn't able to, like, also be enjoyed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Fisher's an enigma, man. It's a fucking puzzle box that I'm trying to solve. (laughs) (laughs) And listen, we made... I mean... The the taglines for each of the movie in the trilogy, I feel like, kind of make up that puzzle box mentality yeah. that you were saying. Because the first one's little tagline is, face the evil. The second part is, find the truth. And the third part is, end the curse. And yeah, so and we're, like, fu- we're spending the whole trilogy watching this whole, like, drama about a giant puzzle and curse, trying to figure out where it's going to go next. Yeah, it's Despite like, the fact that you kind of know because you start in 94 and you move backwards in time. Which I was originally thinking about um, how it would be watching things chronologically. From now on in my life, I think if I have the option to watch things in a chronological like timeline order, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. Just because I feel like I get, I, I hope to get a lot more out of the experience, um, if, especially if it's more nuanced. So I'm glad that these mm-hmm. movies don't work that way where you have to watch them one by one by one because they have mm-hmm. bleed over. There's, like, progressions in the cu- in the current story that, you know, you're going to have not have context for if you watch them in reverse. So mm-hmm. don't do what I, was, what I wanted to do. <laughs> Just yeah. watch it for the story because <laughs> everything is very purposefully presented, kind of like a TV show. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, because I want to talk a little bit about our director of the this trilogy. Um, I'm going to try not to butcher this pronunciation, but I promise you I'm going to. Um, it's uh, Leigh Janiak. Hmm. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, I don't entirely know. Um, she is an Ohio-based, or an Ohio-bred-and-born um, filmmaker who hasn't done a whole lot other than this trilogy. This is their kind of, like, step out into the foray of directing. And the other thing that they had done beforehand was they had directed two episodes of the Scream TV series okay, in uh, 2015 and 2016. So they had the kind of, like, horror for teens kind of vibe already going for them before they went into this movie. Yeah. Um, and they're a younger director. They were born in 1980, so they're only about 20 years older than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I did my due diligence, and I rewatched The Kill Count for this one, because James A. Janisse will give me all the information I don't have to do research for. <laughs> um, <laughs> and something that she said she really wanted this trilogy to do in how they kind of su- set up the tone for it is that she kind of... She was about 16 when Scream came out, and she, like, felt kind of wrong seeing it when she saw it because she was at, like, just shy of being, quote-unquote, old enough to watch the movie. 
but she still had so much fun with it. And that's why they wanted to be able to include um, like cursing and everything in this movie, despite it being more tailored towards the teen demographic, but stilling, still allowing it to have that realism of a, the creepy factor of adulthood that teens aren't necessarily bound by. Yeah, I mean, this movie is based on, we'll get to it in a second, but it's based on R.L. Stein books. Mm-hmm. And R.L. Stein is obviously a children's author, and Fear Street was his, like, I'm going to get a little bit more mature and do stuff for teenagers. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously more adult themes kind of come with that every now and then, obviously in a more reasonable sense. I mean, it's not like a Friday the 13th movie where it's overtly... Um, you know, as sexual or as, like, gratuitous mm-hmm. uh, as it could be. But yes. the way, I mean, there is still, like, pretty, pretty steamy stuff in this in this movie also. So, yeah. like, it's not yeah, like I did it's, not it's see without that these. Yeah, and it's because, like, f- for most of the movie, that's not the vibe you're expecting. So when it happens, you're like, oh, 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 mm-hmm. all right. It's kind of the same thing when someone dies. And you're like, oh, holy fuck. That was not the mm-hmm. vibe this movie was giving for a while. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so before we get into the plot, I do want to cover some of our uh, characters, specifically the actors who play them, because there's some heavy hitters in this, which I yeah. do appreciate. Like, pulling off her own uh, Drew Barrymore in Scream, we have Maya Hawke, as our opening kill for this movie. Um, which I kind of love that she is pulling a full Drew Barrymore in Scream with this opening kill. So much so that the like some of the shots are shot for shot straight out of Scream. Oh, yeah. And that I, was the director's intention. Quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. Uh, Maya Hawke, in case you, you don't know who we're talking about, is um, probably most famous at this point for doing Stranger Things. Um, yeah, she's Robin. Like everybody Things. else on Netflix. Um, I think she also has a music career now. Hmm. I don't know that for sure, but I'm so I'm fairly certain. What's also interesting to note about her is she's the daughter of Ethan Hawke and uh, I always Uma forget Thurman. her name. Uma Thurman. Yeah. Um, and I remember that she was featured in like a kind of a small role in a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because like obviously Quentin Tarantino's worked with her father a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. And then to have her be a character in Stranger Things was a big deal too because they were like, yeah, Uma Thurman was like this big 80s star and this is like her daughter. Ethan Hawke, obviously, same too, more so in the 90s. But like he also has done horror. Now. He was just in the black phone. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, both of her parents are these very prolific actors, and she got to have this very, like, standout, like, cross-genre type scene in the beginning of this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have um, Olivia Scott Welch playing um, Sam in this movie, um, who I was very thrown off by earlier this week because I decided to watch the Netflix original series Unbelievable, which is a great show, horribly depressing at some points. Mm. Um, But she showed up in the first two episodes, and I was like, I know this girl, because I have just seen her in something else. But I couldn't place her until I finally pulled up her IMDb, and I recognized that she was in Fear Street. And I was was just so, so happy to figure out what it actually was that I knew her from. 
we'll get into it later when we introduce the characters in the plot, but um, Sam is my favorite character, and it was a surprise. Because oh, yeah. they didn't really give her, like, a lot of screen time. And then when mm-hmm. they did, I'm like, oh, you're, like, the best. I mean, not to say that, like, everyone else was bad, but I was like, oh, you're, like... I mean... I feel so I'm bad for partial to Josh. <laughs> oh, I mean, I... Every pretty much every, honestly everybody but Dina I love Sam was just who I was like oh your life kind of fucking sucks and no one gives a shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, uh God, what's the other dude? Um, the 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 whole friend group is just is great except for Dina because everyone is so dynamic and like has all these very personable qualities. They're all fucking hilarious mm-hmm. too. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And, like, how they interact with each other is really telling, I think, for this crew. And that's yeah, what I oh, kind of yeah. love about it. Um, we have uh, Julia Raywald, who plays um, Kate, Kate in this movie. Yeah. And she's fairly fresh. She This is the biggest thing on her credits, other than a couple short films. Mm-hmm. This is her debut trilogy. And I really like her in it. Yeah, for all the debut people in this franchise, they all knock it out of the park. Like, everyone oh, yeah. acts their ass off, and they're all really, really good. Yeah, everybody knew what they were getting themselves into, and they run with it, and I kind of love it. Um, we also have um, Benjamin Flores Jr. playing Josh. <laughs> this kid's great. I love him. <laughs> I... I love this kid. Um, he was in um, Ride Along, the Kevin Hart movie. He was in. He was apparently a voice in Happy Feet Two. Um, he did some Nickelodeon show in, or something, right? Yeah, he's been in a couple Nickelodeon shows. It looks like he was in the Transformers movie. But it seems Whoa. like his big thing is being a Nickelodeon kid until he kind of stepped out of it with this. Yeah. Well, now he's probably like seventeen. Yeah, he's 2002. Yeah, now he's like... I say, he's about 20 now. Yeah, so he's he was which, like, all right, let me do adult things. <laughs> which, let me just say, something's been throwing me off this year watching mo- horror movies in that people can play a lot younger than they actually are. Well, here's... This is the thing. I, like, everyone gives it a lot of shit, but, like, I mean, like, I know what you did last summer and Scream. They're like, yeah, they cast 30-year-olds to play high school students. I'm like, yeah, well, if you cast high school students to play high school students, they look like they're 13. Like, they all well, yeah. <laughs> look super young. And it's <laughs> well, not I... fun to watch children. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, I told you I saw Terrifier 2 this weekend. Oh, um, yeah. Which, first of all, I can't wait to talk to you about that more one day. Um, but, like, the kid who was playing a 12-year-old brother is 18 and that fucked with me did it, did he for look the whole 12? movie i was he looks like he's 12 years old exactly and i can't tell if that's old. me getting old <laughs> no yeah I think it's us getting old <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right but like God damn. <laughs> no it's not fair but that's true <laughs> um and rounding out our main characters we have um Kiana Madeira, who plays uh, Dina, Matt's favorite character in the movie. It's not even funny. I do not like her. <laughs> I fucking hate her. Like, obviously, it's not the actor's fault. They were doing the best. And she is mm-hmm. very good at making me hate her. Um, but I say, that's she, all in the writing. I think she's got probably the longest rap sheet. Uh, she's been in stuff since 07. 
like just mm-hmm. bit parts and TV show guest spots and different movies and whatnot. So she's been around too. Um, but yeah, these. But this is her first like big things. movie debut. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's it such a like. it's such a public state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um, we'll get into it with um, the the characters once we get into the movie. But yeah, Dina fucking sucks. I do not like her. <laughs> she makes me like like I had like. Like lately, I've been having like uh, like therapist responses. Like when I watch movies, because then I'm like, I just I'm like trying to like kind of empathize and trying to like see what's going on with them and like look at a lot of factors. Just because that's like what I'm being trained to do currently, so I can't shut it off. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just had this, such like a visceral reaction to her as being like, "Wow, you are very defensive, and it's really pulling me off." I wonder if everyone else in your life is like that, which would be like the therapist question to her. And then I'm like, "Oh." That's true. Interesting. Dina, are we going to confront this? <laughs> <laughs> With that, I think let's get into this movie. Let's yeah. start I mean, it up. It, again, just to underline, R.L. Stein wrote the original books that these are all based on. I haven't read mm-hmm. them very much. I read Goosebumps a lot as a kid, uh, but it's mm-hmm. been, even then, it's been several years, but like, R.L. Stein is a prolific author um, for children. I mean, most people, I would assume, that have, like, grown up like us probably read a Goosebumps book or two or at least were af- too afraid to read them because the cover arts were so terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Night of the Living Dummy is very <laughs> scary. And um, yeah. it's just for children, so it wasn't, like like this like the fear Mm -hmm. street stuff was what he wrote for teenagers where like there was actual death involved and you know like some more adult themes there might be some drug use there may be some like alcoholism or like other things going on that teenagers like know about and are kind of mature enough to handle reading about well yeah and like i was kind of telling matt before we started recording today this movie kind of feels like a stepping stone kind of movie in that, like, in my opinion, you could kind of, like, start at the new Goosebumps movie with Jack Black, um, <laughs> step towards um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, then step to the Fear Street trilogy to lead your way into the slasher genre of horror proper. That's actually a great, great map. Because uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark takes the the fear aspect and ups the ante to something that actually scares you, but the stakes are still very much low. This mm. and then this one introduced stakes. death. Yeah. yeah. There's real horrible murder happening. And if mm-hmm. you can handle that and still be in, in cause they put a, they put a lot of emphasis on the story uh, and the, the, the progression of the narrative in this mm-hmm. franchise. So it's still like, okay, you can watch the death as long as there's something engaging to, to look at and especially mm-hmm. if you watch these movies then you can pivot to something like Halloween where like yeah there's a story the story is more or less like secondary but if you can appreciate that and appreciate kind of the the, the death and the story in two different hands then mm-hmm. the, yeah that's like a good like desensitization to people getting murdered <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, another thing as we're gonna get into it um this movie's in the 90s, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. Um, and from the get-go, they make sure that you know 
that it's the 90s. Uh, all of these movies, where applicable, that have uh, decade-based uh, soundtracks, they mm-hmm. make sure to play them after every tr- scene transition. Uh, the first one, it's like they have like an empty mall and corn playing. I'm like, ah, that means it's the 90s. <laughs> yeah, this movie has the most 90s soundtrack you've ever heard. Yeah, short of like The Crow. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. 90s for like retrospective on the 90s. <laughs> Yeah. There was um, not a single bit of Nirvana in there, so a little bit of a point deduction. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. But, like, the movie begins in a mall. Um, malls are still sort of around, but, like, they used to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be a lot of fun stores in them, like Hot Topic and Borders and Spencer's. All these are in the movie, they just don't name them. But, like, people that know, they know. Like, oh, that's Borders, where she works. And, like, oh, he works at Spencer's. And, like, the whole mm-hmm. big, like, chase, the whole, like, beginning kill montage is in a Spencer's. And I think that's probably the most 90s way you could possibly be murdered. Oh, yeah. In a Spencer's in a mall what, <laughs> with the 90s music playing, there's nothing more to it. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a corn's <laughs> downward spiral. Yeah. <laughs> But I also really love the way that that's shot. Like, the lighting with, like, the, the like, in the Spencer's Gifts, you've got, like, the black mm-hmm. lights. You've also got the outside lights within the mall, so it's very, like, 90s aesthetic. Um, the vintage phones that they use to call, uh, like, between stores, it puts you there without, like, hitting you over the head with it. Mm-hmm. At least I, I think so. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, I really like how they set this movie stylistically and cinematograph cinematically that's the word i was looking for cinematographically yeah you know words um but i really like how they lit this movie because it does feel very reminiscent of movies in the 90s while maintaining that like modern aesthetic too because it has to kind of balance those two worlds when it's doing something like this yeah uh, like it it's but it not lets you know that, like <laughs> As a, yeah, don't think that the, you're getting yourself into something like Terrifier 2, which very much um, is very much a different movie, first of all. But like it, it feels looks like the very 70s. 70s. Yeah. This one, while it takes place in the 90s and you feel that, it's really about modern filmmaking of a horror movie with yeah. very specific lighting choices. Yeah. I think both of the opening and their time audiences. in. I think of both the opening in the mall and their time in the shop in the grocery store as yes. being very oh. specifically lit. Yeah. Yeah. That grocery store was very quintessential like Oh man. I love that scene. It's beautiful. It's great. Uh disappointing in some points for me personally. Uh but yeah, it's very very <laughs> scary. Like it was mm-hmm. a scary scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have uh, Heather, right, is her name, is the Drew Barrymore uh, of our mm-hmm. Scream narrative, who is murdered by a fellow co-worker in the mall that she knows pretty, really well. They have a pretty decent relationship. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, before she knows it, uh, well, like eight people were dead uh, by his hand, uh, including her. Yeah. And uh, the cops shoot him dead. And that's mm-hmm. the beginning of the movie. 
it's like holy shit because they kind of play that scream like you said like there are direct homages to scream and unlike scream uh when uh what's her name who gets murdered in Scream? Drew Barrymore. When she goes mm. to pull off the mask, it's like deliberately pans away because that's the big twist. But she sees immediately who the killer is, and we're like, "Oh fuck, it's that kid!" And oh fuck, he just mm-hmm. got shot. Yeah, like, he's what's, dead. What's gonna it's... happen now? <laughs> mm-hmm. But that gives well, us because yeah, great... I don't know about you, but yeah. I went into this kind of expecting each of the movies in this trilogy to kind of latch on to one horror movie and not really stray from the formula but this one kind of really does no uh, yeah this one is very that. individual mm-hmm. uh, but there's a like the the fact that it already subverts your expectation by doing something narratively that's normally not done outside of like okay is the opening scene that I'm seeing the opening scene of a movie that the characters in the movie I'm watching are doing kind of like scream four. Uh, mm-hmm. So outside, but, but that, this is not that this goes a completely different route um, because right off the bat, you get that kill. So you're thinking I, like me, I was expecting like, okay, slasher, this and that, whatever. Like I literally wrote down, okay, so this is definitely going to be the 2020 slashers, but this decade sucks. So let's do them in other decades. Like, there's no mm-hmm. slashers in this, like, now times because everything is awful and boring. So we're going to go back to the 90s and just do that or do something like Stranger Things or do something that is anywhere in time but right at this moment. Mm-hmm. But that's not really necessarily the case. Yeah. Because then immediately the opening credits show that there's a lot more to unpack. <laughs> there is, like, <laughs> yeah, between Shadyville and Sunnyvale. Okay, firstly, Shadyville and Sunnyvale... Can you guess which one is probably doing more like better than the other one? Because it's exactly <laughs> as they're named. There is Town Beef going back centuries, and it's literally down to Shadyville sucks because everyone gets murdered there like horribly every other decade, and mm-hmm. Sunnyvale or Sunny Sunnyville, not Sunnydale, Sunnyville. Not Sunnydale. <laughs> no, they're more like Shadyville, Shady Side, whatever. Sunnydale ain't like anything else. Literally, (laughs) Sunnyvale is the good, rich, nice side where nothing bad happens, and they're better at everything than Sunnyvale, than Shadyville, and Shadyville is the opposite of that. Literally down Mm -hmm. to, like, the goody-goodies team is, like, the devils, and the bad bad town is the witches, because apparently Mm -hmm. there was some kind of, according to the uh, opening credits, uh, witches. Mm Mm-hmm. Curses. And, and now things. there's this curse of Sarah Fear. Yeah. Okay, uh, Fear. She spells it like F-I-E-R. And I'm like... Just, she spells yeah. it like she's trying to say Guy Fieri's name. She spells it like how <laughs> Mr. Freeze's last name is like... It's actually Fries, <laughs> but it's German, so you say Freeze. I'm like, just... <laughs> okay. <laughs> it doesn't... Just commit it doesn't to it. To, commit yeah, to the bit. It. Like, Dr. Doom. That's committing to a name. Mm-hmm. Victor, Dr. Victor Von Doom is committing to a name. <laughs> Sarah Fear. Because uh, it, it, you know, for a bit, it seems like they're trying to do, like, that remake of Nightmare on Elm Street thing. Where they're like, but maybe she was wrongfully accused and, you know, this is like a curse of... I'm like, no, I think she was just a horrible woman. 
that was rightfully murdered for being a witch, and uh, now she kills people because she's a horrible bitch. <laughs> well, okay, so that kind of also reminds me of... So Hocus Pocus 2 came out this year, yes. and that also tried to do that, where it was like, no, I think they were just misunderstood witches, and then they show up and they're just like, we just want to eat kids. Like, yeah, I'm like, no, they're just bad. Just let us do they're our bad. thing. <laughs> they're bad witches. <laughs> I haven't seen Hocus Pocus 2, but I kind of do hope that, like, there is a whole thing where it's a bunch of, like, podcasters being like, oh, we were, like, having this whole parade about how the the witches were slandered. Would you want to say something? They're like, yeah, we've eaten all of your children. And they just mic drop it and leave. <laughs> just to be like, sometimes people in history that are bad were bad. <laughs> like, maybe witches sometimes. Like... Sarah Freeze maybe was just a groovy chick that was like wrongfully murdered, kind of like Paranorman, where like it was fine and then you pissed her off and now you get to kill these people. But like, why would she single out the one town? Like, why Shady? Leave him alone, man. <laughs> Leave him be. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of hoping that gets explained later on. Yeah. Um, but I suppose we will see as the series. Yeah continues it smells like there, there's gonna be some kind of big time switcheroo uh in the last oh movie, yeah sure i can just taste it mm-hmm. uh but the town rivalries i i figured i'm like well these are probably going to be very important uh shady has a long history of murder and violence and sunnyvale's kind of awesome Sunny, um, yeah, Sunnyvale's just kind of existing in yeah, a perfect it's just, state. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's not even just like, well, at least we're not those guys. It's like, man, we're just doing so much better because like yeah. jobs are good and everyone's got money and everyone's happy. It's voted one of like the best cities in the world, and Shadyville's like uh, the highest murders per capita. Um, someone help them, please. Uh, what do we? What do we do? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like if Camp Crystal Lake was, like, reported on by CNN, like, uh, we don't know why this keeps happening. We just, someone help. Please explain this to us. Please, someone help us. Uh, (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, it's kind of like Sarah Fear is, uh, Shadyville's, like, Pennywise. Um, Mm -hmm. it's like, from the, from the opening credits, it seems like it's like if you mixed Pennywise with the Master Satanist from The Conjuring 3, where through yeah. witch magic, she is able to reach from beyond the grave and possess normally harmless people uh, into committing acts of, I cannot stress, unspeakable violence. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not yeah. just the mere fact that, like, the, this community is devastated by a series of murders. But all of the murders are so psychologically devastating. Like, um, I'm glad that they don't get to them in this movie. I'm a little afraid they're going to get to them in the later ones. But, like, that creepy milkman who just murdered all of yeah. those housewives. And that little creepy eight-year-old kid with the baby mask who, like, beat people with a bat. And I'm like, mm. oh, these are all horrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that. Ugh. Yeah, this town's got a bad past. Yeah, and it's kind and of it's at not that point, getting better. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of at that point, like um, where the, they just are kind—they've of, kind of washed their hands of it. Where they're just kind of like none of the residents are expecting much at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of just waiting around for someone else to pop off and murder a bunch of people. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So most residents are like, like this is what I mean by like socioeconomic problems. So like all of these murders lead to like people just kind of drinking a whole lot more or like committing suicide or leaving the family and just getting the fuck out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, and our main characters, we don't see their parents at all. Uh, it's implied that at least one of them is extremely uh, like an underfunctioning alcoholic because mm-hmm. um, they kind of just raised themselves. This is Dina and her, her younger brother, Josh. Mm-hmm. I um, love Josh. Josh is uh, Josh who is I a wish gem. I could have been friends with if I was a kid. <laughs> okay, so hear me out. But Josh is if Julian from Halloween 2018 became a teenager in the 90s. You think so? I think so. Dude, Julian absolutely has this kind of vibe for me, too. Because my thinking is, like, Josh is, like, a very classic, like, Josh is the screenwriter, uh, pretty much. Like, Josh would be, like, the guy that, he's us. Uh, When Mm -hmm. we were kids, we liked a lot of fun, you know, stuff that's now, like, kind of cool, trendy, nerdy, but, like, used to not be. Like, liking horror movies used to not be cool. It used to cut, like, not to say that was for us, but, like, there was a time when, like, Mm -hmm. underground cult things that are now mainstream, like, used to not be cool. Like, it used to not be cool that Beetle, like, that you liked Beetlejuice or Rocky Horror. Mm -hmm. And it's really awesome now that culture is kind of being like, hey, you know what? These things are pretty awesome. Uh, but, like, he's the kind where it's like he was into all that shit as a kid. Like, we meet him when he's, like, chatting on AOL about serial killers listening to Iron Maiden. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I that there before the grace of God go I. Like, that is exactly the type of shit that I was like when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, sorry, I'm going to move on for a second here, No, that's okay. but I kind of love the, like, subversion of expectations when they introduce Sam, because they don't really kind, they yes. very mm-hmm. pointedly avoid giving Sam a gender until you meet them in person. Yes. Um, yeah. And I really like that, because I do kind of love that at the heart of this is a broken, um relationship in that Dina is upset with Sam because Sam is dating a man now instead of instead of dating her despite the fact that their relationship was doomed from the start but okay. it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> so like before we get into like yes I'm glad we want to talk about Sam Sam is a good thing about this movie but in order to talk mm-hmm. about Sam we have to talk about a bad thing about this movie which is the aforementioned Dina who's Josh's <laughs> m- cool Josh his much lamer older sister uh, Dina <laughs> is not taking the town's uh, vortex of, of pain uh, very well. Um, she's no. had to step up, and to her credit, she's had to step up as a older sister to provide for her and her brother, uh, but she's not doing well, uh, and she's ne- refusing to ask for help, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. But we meet her at the beginning of the movie, uh, kind of waking up. She, I think she knew Heather, uh, the, the girl that got murdered at the, at the mm-hmm. mall, um, or at the very least, she had heard of her before. Again, very much like Scream. Um, mm-hmm. But she doesn't have time to worry about the fact that her town is coming apart at the seams because she's mad at her partner, ex-partner, Sam, that she keeps writing angry notes to. She's filled up a shoebox of 
Sam's stuff. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'm going to throw it in their face and just be like, this is all of your sh-. Like, She's going to be very dramatic because she's looking to start mm-hmm. something. It's just very like, ugh, don't do that. But yes, Sam, I'm with you. I was interested at the subversion of expectations that crucify mm-hmm. my wokeness, but it was the 90s. I just didn't expect it. Um, mm-hmm. And in that same scene of like, oh, cool, I immediately went, hmm, fuck Dina. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why are you making this Sam's problem? She seems to be trying to do better. <laughs> also, it doesn't seem like Sam wanted to change schools either. Like, the fact that yeah, she moved th- away was not her choice. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Dina? Like, I'm sorry that she, in the past, e's? like, six months, changed her life because she changed towns. Like, that's kind yeah. of how things happen sometimes. Also, like... I really don't have a much of a say in this, but when it comes... I, I'm glad in a way that this uh, movie decided to make this a same-sex couple because this is not really a dynamic of same-sex couple interactions that you normally see portrayed in media. Mm-hmm. Like, just because a two women are dating each other does not mean that that other woman is not still... Like, especially for this time period is not still kind of unsure of her sexuality or not entirely comfortable with it. And well, yeah, and it may be, she, it may even be that Sam is bisexual. It, she may yeah. not just be gay. Yeah, uh, so like there's which this whole other Which is also an important part of the whole, um, like, LGBTQ kind of umbrella that really isn't talked about in exactly. movies. And I kind of love that they brought that up in yeah. this movie. It's so cool because it's it's... It's also doing it in a subverted way that adds to the story. Like, their whole mm-hmm. relationship dynamic, I was willing to, like... Like, I, I had a whole side tangent that I just didn't write down because it, it isn't relevant to the movie. But, like, it just speaks to... Their relationship is so interesting in how it... Like, just who they are as people. And especially mm-hmm. being able to have this dynamic in, like, the first of a trilogy of Netflix perceived slasher mo- movies. Yeah. You just don't expect it, and it's it made me keep questioning the tone. Like, cause at this point when I was watching it, I was like, I like everything that's happening, but it just doesn't seem to go together. Mm-hmm. Also, which is, was on me, but like, this is just another example of how much that they're like, okay, this isn't going to be what you think. Mm-hmm. Also, I just have to say, going back to another scream reference they have in this movie that is somehow more fucked up in this movie uh, so, you remember how in Scream, after they find out the killer uses the ghost face costume, that someone just grabs a ghost face costume and runs through the school? Yeah. Someone essentially does that in this one, but instead of them just running about in the killer's outfit, they, like, drag a fake mannequin body through the halls that's killed like Heather was. And that is so much more fucked up. Yeah. And like, the fact the, that that gets, like, two seconds of screen time and we move on from it is something that bugs me. Because that is something I would be stuck on for, like, a day. Yeah, like, it's really cool that there's a... Like, the whole movie is all about, like... Memor- not memorializing, but it's, like... The way that we've started to make uh, documentaries and portrayals of, like, murder and serial killers has shifted to be more victim-centric to show that these are people whose lives have been destroyed... And that mm-hmm. it's a community that grieves. Um, the new Halloween yeah. franchise does that exquisitely. 
uh, where it's talking about victimization uh, of even just arbitrary violence, it, it affects people. And it affects people mm-hmm. in ways that go beyond the end of the movie. And yeah. so, yeah, Scream doesn't touch on that very much. It does sort of, but it still was the beginning days of that. This movie mm-hmm. kind of like completely tears that away. And it's like, no, the mere fact that this movie is happening is because it's all people that have gone through shit before. Like, it's the fact that this town is a history of abuse makes it so relatable in that same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I just... Fear Street! Like, man, who would have fucking thought? Like, it's Yeah, so who would have thought that this... This trilogy of all things that yeah, was made like, what the fuck? And, cr- and put on Netflix would have so many deep, like, philosophical questions it brings up, and yet it yeah. touches on it in a very, like, light way in that it's not, like, beating you over the head with it or anything, but it's yeah. actually bringing the questions to light in today's climate, which yeah, I and it, just love. And in that very next scene, they're like, hi, my name is Sheriff Good of the Good family. We live in Sunnyvale. I'm like, shut up there's no yeah, and the sh- way that it, like and it's the like, sheriff's you got brother character names the sheriff's brother is mayor good like like it, the mayor and chief of police are like brothers who like played football were on the like debate or whatever the fuck they were like golden boys and their last name is good like they might as well mm-hmm. be kennedy like they're just yeah like <laughs> All of the depth that we talked about, but also, like, it's still kind of goofy. So I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? Mm-hmm. Um, so now that we've talked about uh, the worst character and more about, like, a really good character in Sam, uh, we can talk about how the rest of Dina's immediate friend group also kicks a lot of ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, um, what's her name? I just had their the whole cast name the whole castle stuff because I think the guy's name is Justin I believe, is the boyfriend uh, like the kind of like the cool hip semi stoner boyfriend. Um. I, fuck! What is his name? Yeah. Well, Josh goes to high school with Dana. Simon. So both of them are in high school. Simon. Oh, Simon. So Simon and Kate. We learn pretty quick that Josh likes an older girl that. It's just more or less unspecified until we meet that Dina has meets with two of her friends in the bathroom, and it's Josh's crush and Simon. Fuck, they're the best relationship I've seen in a slasher movie. Period. <laughs> they're so much fun. They play off of each other so fucking well. Uh, yeah, Simon and Kate are the fucking dopest characters. <laughs> Yeah, they they're a ton of fun, and he's I love that he's like kind of having the like ash of Evil Dead syndrome. Yeah, where he's just like I'm just trying to vibe my best life, and I just happen to work at this store. He's the best. Yeah, and did you catch that? Like he's employee of the month the last like eight months. Every single month. I'm like fuck yeah, man. That's my boy. <laughs> There's literally a moment like I think it's probably when I noticed that like in the end of my notes that's just like Simon's a real one, y'all. <laughs> I'm like, man, shout out to this kid. And Kate kicks a lot of ass, too. She, like, deals drugs, but she's cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. She's got this weird hookup at the hospital of just this crooked nurse that sells her, like, pills. And she just like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I'm just doing it because my mom, like, needs some extra help with the rent. I'm like, okay, but that's kind of cool and very Aladdin of you. <laughs> I'm glad you went with Aladdin and not, like, I don't know. Robin Hood. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> she's not trying to cause a revolution. She's just trying to get by. She's just chilling. You're right. You're right. But her um, and Simon and Dina are all involved in band because they're cool kids, right? Um, so <laughs> I was not in band. Uh, band uh, kids. But uh, Dina was only going to go in the first place because she was going to throw the box of uh, Sam stuff in her face because Sam is now a cheerleader for the opposing uh, high school's football team. And it's mm-hmm. – I don't know if it's homecoming or something, but uh, – uh, Simon is the mascot because fucking of course he is, uh, mm-hmm. and I think Kate's a cheerleader. Maybe, yes. Maybe I'm I don't yes. remember. Um, but Josh is in band too, so they all are on the bus together when shit goes sideways. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is so, when things get complicated. <laughs> this is when things start to go a little bit more like I know what you'll do, what you did last summer vibes for me. Okay. Um. At least for a little bit with the car accident itself. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, so Sam's new boyfriend, Peter, who goes to Sunnyvale with her, or Sunnyvale, or however you pronounce it, um, he doesn't... The good guys. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> he, he doesn't like that um, Dina was trying to start shit with his girlfriend. And yeah, so I he takes either. his red convertible to chase after the bus that they're on... And throws a glass bottle at the back door. Which, first okay. of all, that's fucked up. But second it is of all, fucked up. why doesn't the bus driver stop? I don't why know. That bus driver like didn't do happened? a lot that night. That okay, bus driver so... did not give a shit. No, he fucking did not. He was asleep at the wheel, clearly. Uh, so, everything you've described, problematic. Yes, I agree with you. But, who escalates it? The one and only Dina, Dina does. does escalate Dina it. Dina decides to throw a whole ass cooler full of liquid at the windshield of this car and causes an accident that could have killed Sam and two other people. I yeah. don't think she felt bad for, at, for it at all. I think that she was just immediately like, but if Sam's dead or in the hospital, she'll never like me back. Because she's still psychotic. Oh, I don't like Dina. <laughs> Oh, she makes me mad. <laughs> but to Sam's credit, she at least forwards the plot by finding, I think, the grave of Sarah Freeze. Fears. Freeze. Whatever her dumb name is. <laughs> the Fear Witch. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, she accidentally, uh, like, touches the ground and she sees a vision of Sarah Fear while her nose starts to bleed. Um, and then she's taken to the hospital because she was just in a car accident, and that's what you should do. You should make sure you're okay. Yeah, smart. And what I think is interesting is that all of the kids from both high schools, like, have this weird cover-up lie with the cops. Like, the oh, sheriff yeah. is actually a kind of a good guy. He is trying to help, but he's like, why are both of you, like, contributing to this, like separation of towns like we just like we'll fuck with each other but then we'll like just go back to how it is Mm -hmm. and he's like dude i'm trying to help (laughs) let me help yeah 
he's like, what? Like, tell me what happened. Like, I know that, like, you know, the kids from my high school, the, the good people high school, are pricks. Like, I know they would want to start something. Can you just tell mm-hmm. me that they did? And she's like, no, it was an accident. And he's like, dude, I'm just trying to help, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the next, I think it was like the next day or the next night, um, the skull masked person starts wandering about their houses and they're yeah, like the hmm, skull mask that's oh, fucking weird mall. yeah the mask that he used in his scream opening kill before ryan torres was murdered and this um, is when the movie like really just ups the ante like mm-hmm. they um you learn very early that uh the killer in that mask is not peter it's not anyone from sunnyvale it's the kid who died it was the kid from the beginning it, who yeah, got shot in the head is the end of the so and it has the only, bullet wound yeah like what i was saying because there was a news report talking about him again he's like yeah he killed eight people and i was thinking to myself like man i kind of got to get like for slash slashers go for body counts like that's usually a big thing people talk about with slasher movies like i will give him credit the possessed slashers you know they kill a lot of people before they get killed. Like, they kill as oh, yeah. many people, just like Michael Myers. They try to kill as many people as possible. And then they can come back from the dead. Like, Sarah can just raise them from the dead to kill for her again. So as soon mm-hmm. as you, like, if you get possessed, that's it forever, that's it. dude. Like, she's got your yeah. soul by the balls, man. <laughs> yeah, you're not going anywhere. And it kind of makes there it horrifying no because then it makes them, like you know like unstoppable mm-hmm. we, you know there's we'll, which we'll get that more into that later <laughs> yeah um so um before they figure out that it's not peter they go to sam's hospital room to be like hey can your boyfriend stop trying to fuck with us oh yes uh, this scene and the only way they get in to see sam <laughs> is because <laughs> because there's the drug hookup with um oh what's the nurse's name oh it's the weird one <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't remember what his name was um, yeah and then so... oh my god i like i said i didn't read the notes but like i have one even for right when they get into the hospital uh while dina makes an ass of herself for the third time in 24 hours my man josh has vending machine skills <laughs> yeah so he just knows how to like hack a vending machine to release all of the stuff inside it he got major Which, first of all, points too. Rad. That. Oh yeah. He was like, man, nobody Kate got, got a little bit horny for me right there. <laughs> Which is so also, funny because he's doing it in front of Simon, who's like supportive of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Simon's like laughing about it too. It's hilarious, man. Because like that's what's so interesting about like their relationship is like it might even be that, like, they used to date and then don't anymore. They're just better as friends. So, like, they're not actually mm-hmm. together. But, like, they kind of just say that they are so that everyone kind of gets off their back. So, like, he yeah. might actually try to be like, bro, like, here, come on in, bro. <laughs> Get there. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. So, Dina goes up to... Uh, Sam's room to make an ass out of herself by being like, hey, can your boyfriend stop fucking with us? And then her boyfriend walks into the room yeah, with he's like, like what's a up? jello or shit? something. <laughs> and then he gets stabbed in the back, proving that he was not the person in the skull mask, because skull mask just killed him. Yeah. 
I think out loud. And now I was they gotta. Like, <laughs> they gotta run away from I, this even... murderer. Sorry, you were saying. Yeah. The um, fuck. I because I was looking for the nurse's name again. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I. Uh, I even remember saying out loud to myself, like, that was the worst possible moment that he could have killed Peter. Like, he could have let her think that it was him for so much longer, but he's just a zombie who kills people, so he doesn't have, like, a plan. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he, he doesn't just care. just blow his cover. Exactly. So sorry, you were saying about... Uh, no, so they have to run away. They find out that there are a couple more dead bodies in the hospital. Um, yeah, man, they kill then... a lot of people. Yeah, and so they run away, and uh, they steal an ambulance, which, first of all, is definitely, like, a major crime from a hospital. Yeah. Because, like, and... a hospital's gonna need that shit. It's also, like, within, like, the same couple of minutes, Dina steals an ambulance and a gun. And I'm like, yeah, I'm more she's afraid the... of you than I am of the zombie murderer. <laughs> Yeah, she stole a gun from a police officer when they don't take her seriously. And I'm yeah. like, well, maybe don't just go around stealing their weapons then. Yeah, I'm like, bro, um, relax. But then um, she does end up needing said gun when Simon gets attacked by another ghost killer. Um, okay, this one was In the fucked. middle of the street. <laughs> It was like, all of a sudden, now there's another one? Like, what's mm-hmm. this whole thing? And then they just shoot her a bunch of times. I'm like, whoa, wait, what the fuck? Are we going to talk about this? And then before I could even process that, she heals herself. Because, you know, yeah, she's she a reanimated bleeds corpse. black blood and then gets back yeah. up. Yeah, that's when I'm like, oh my god, they can just... Every time they go off, they can be activated at any time. So, like, as many people as Sarah Good has, not Sarah Good, Sarah Fear has ever, like, possessed, she can raise them at any time, like a horrifying undead army of unstoppable murderers. Yeah. Because that's what's happening. That's why this other bitch is out here. Because mm-hmm. one guy clearly is not doing the job, so she sent more of them. So yeah, so this was Ruby Lane, Shadyside's past killer from 1965. Um, And that's when they kind of figure out that um, Sam had bled on Sarah Fear's bones, which is supposedly what resurrected the killers. Um, And then they try to rebury her bones and, like, not desecrate her burial site. And then, they like, do their best. discount Jason from Friday Part 2 Bro, shows up. This guy is fucking nuts. He's terrifying. He moves He's like, like a mix Jason of... from Friday the 13th, the remake. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, my exactly. God. Yeah, he's like, he's, yeah, moving, he's, he's running. He sprints. <laughs> oh, shit, man. He scares me. Yeah, he's, Bro, I'm watching the second movie it. right now. They that guy's in it, but just wait, man. Oh, it's it's no. crazy. It's nuts. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's the uh, the 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 Shadyville's obligatory like Friday the Thirteenth killer, uh, who's mm-hmm. a guy that went ballistic at a uh, camp called Camp Camp Nightwing. Nightwing that killed like he killed a lot of people, um, and that one like apparently like Kate had family who was there, and like again like that just talks about like these reverberations of like 
the murders across time. Uh, mm-hmm. So much so that that's what the second movie is about, is just when that guy went off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are all killers that had, like, normal lives and then all of a sudden just went nuts, killed a bunch of people, and usually ended up dead. Like, they either killed themselves or they were, I don't remember if, if some of them were killed, but most of them murdered, they killed themselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. the fact that she, the, the witch, like... The method of this, like, this very, like, complicated, like, necromancy ritual. There's, like, a creepy dead silence-type nursery rhyme that all the kids from both towns know that's about mm-hmm. how she cut her hand off to be able to reach from beyond the grave to, like, possess people. Uh, and it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's very mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah. Um. But so they figure out that it's Sam's blood that draws the that draws the killers yeah. and not anyone else because Josh was like, yeah, Jason ran past me and he didn't even give me a glance. Like, he was not yeah. after me. <laughs> They're all after Sam because she had made some contact with the, the grave. Mm-hmm. And so they decide to, like, try to trap the killers by leaving a trail of the blood to a... F- a fiery death in the middle of the school, in, like, a school bathroom. I think it's a pretty cool plan. Uh, the plan is, is effectively to burn the school down, so it sounds like Dina's idea. Um, but it is a See, very cool plan. It, I think it would be a great plan if they hadn't just seen that one of them got up from being shot in the head. To be fair... They just saw it heal from a normal wound. They weren't expecting it to heal from a cellular level. Which That's at that true. point, I'm like, you know what? I'm with you guys. You did everything you could. I don't know what to do now. Maybe we should it's time to give up Sam. Sam, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, at that point, it was like, I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it's all they have. Like, this guy is going to stop at nothing to kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... You know, you might as well just let him do it. Well, and Sam terms. even agrees with them because Sam's yeah. like, yeah, there's there's no use in having more people killed if I'm the only one they want. Yeah. And I'm like, that is that is character. That is like a hard decision you have to like come to terms with. But the fact that she was willing to and Dina was like, no, we can't do that was when Dina kind of lost a lot more brownie points for me. Because I was Dina's, like, Dina, this is okay. not about you. This is about because Sam. Because this is right after Dina decided that she wanted to get back together with her. And then Sam, for some reason, goes off on this little tangent that was like, I did leave because of you because I was afraid of, of being in a relationship. I'm like, no, this seems authentic. But sure, I, whatever gets Dina to suck a little bit less around you, fine. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> they start... Getting hot and heavy. Did not expect the movie to go that direction. Uh, no. And at the same time, dude, Josh starts getting some. Uh, he gets to hook up with Kate, uh, which just felt weird, but I was like, I'm for it. Um, and that was kind of their little, like, okay, get it out of your system before we go and blow up these monsters. So by the time that mm-hmm. she says we don't want to sacrifice Sam, like, She's come around to, like, I've understood why she doesn't want to let her go. Because she's unhinged mm-hmm. and finally got something that she wanted. So she's going to stop at anything to 
to bring that back, including contact a survivor. Yeah, so they find out there was one survivor. Yes, that there was a there was a person from the Camp Night Nightwing uh, massacre who lived. Uh, and they look, I look it's so funny because like as Jason is like pounding on the door, like the mm-hmm. shining, like axing through the door, um, they find her in the phone book and they call her up frantically. And they're just like, how did you, how did you survive? How did you see the witch and survive? Like they're just frantically she being like, Dude, what did you do? Yeah. And it's like her answering machine. <laughs> but I'm like, imagine being that woman. <laughs> yeah. Um. But luckily, Josh, being the brilliant one of the group, figures out that it's because she died, but then was brought back to life. It's once she died that they stopped coming after her. Yes. So they're like, hmm, I know what, we're, what we have to do. We have to kill Sam in a way that we can turn it around. This also is another thing that's just so cool. Like the plan, the sequence that they just did to try to kill the, the murderers outright was also very inventive. This one is even more so. And it's mm-hmm. just so cool that, like, I didn't expect this level of, like, of, of approach. Like, they very clearly, like, we always talk about, like, people think, like, they don't like watching horror movies because people, like, aren't making smart decisions or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch one where, like, they try all of those things. Um, yeah. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. So in this case, they're like, okay, so Simon... Uh, just a little neat fun fact about him is that his brother OD'd uh, and was legally dead for about two minutes mm-hmm. until they were able to bring him back to life with like a, you know, like a no epinephrine shot. So their yeah, the plan, adrenaline. their plan is that they're going to have Sam OD uh, and then they're going to bring her back to life with like an, with like an EpiPen basically. Cause it's full of no epinephrine, mm-hmm. which kickstarts the heart. Um, so, this is the little whimsical way they discuss, like, okay, you have to take these four first, and you're going to start feeling high. And then you're going to take these three, and you're going to start feeling very sick. And they're going to take these four, and you're going to feel like you're going to pass out. And then we need you to pass out, and then we have to, like, bring her back after, like, this much time. I'm like, okay, why is this, like, a fun little, like, real-life thing that happens? Like, why do they like, know why this? Is, why is this your fun little math homework? Why yeah, why, like it's, why do you know this? Like, it's sad that you know this to such a degree that you can make it fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I kind of love that immediately that plan goes off the rails as soon as the killers show up at the grocery store. It, it's on the rails for a little while, but eventually yeah it, it does fall apart um uh, but but when they do that prep because what their goal is is that while dina is going to kill sam uh and then bring her back from 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 the dead uh mm-hmm. the rest of them are going to smear themselves in her blood and then basically just kind of improvise shit on like buy them mm-hmm. time with the killers while sam comes back so it's interesting because they all take one and they kind of kick ass at it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it goes south, <laughs> like in a way I did not expect. And yeah. Sam and Dina start to fuck up also. Yeah, because they end up accidentally knocking the pills out so they don't know what goes with what anymore. Yeah. And so they have to find a different way to kill Sam. It's also Luckily very sad. for them... Yeah, it, oh, it is really depressing that you have to, like murder your ex-girlfriend who's now your girlfriend again 
yeah, for like, she's the like, sake of her. Me, like, I want to do this, but like, fuck, this is difficult. And she, Dean is like, I don't even like this. I can barely even do this. And I'm like, dude, Sam well, is and a she's real also one like, being, like tripping. Do this. Yeah, she's Sam's high tripping right now. at this point. Um, but so luckily for them, this grocery store has a lobster tank with a single <laughs> lobster man. in it. This was fucked up. Because at this point, shit has gone so sideways that, um, like, unexpectedly, uh, Kate gets fucking murdered. She gets put, her head put through a bread slicer. Through a bread slicer. Which was not needed. I really liked Kate. And I was like, fuck, I can't believe she died. And then but Simon holy shit, gets was it such too, a cool man. kill. It was. And Simon did, too. He got the fucking axe. He, like, his head split open. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And all the while, the, the skull face is coming at Josh. I think Josh, right? Or is the I think so. girl with him? I don't remember no, which No, because she was in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she yeah, showed yeah. up later. But yeah, so Josh is about to be murdered. Um, the other killers are making a beeline for Dina as she's trying to drown Sam in this lobster tank. And then mm-hmm. she's got to bring her back. Uh, well, she's got to kill her so that the killers stop um mm-hmm. and she manages to do that with seconds to spare uh but uh you know now you got to deal with like okay you better be able to bring her back because she's od'd on pills and she's drowned well yeah my favorite thing is that she goes straight for the EpiPens, despite the fact that they gave up on their plan to like yeah have her overdose so the EpiPen isn't going to do anything you got to do cpr yeah i was drown. like bro there's water in her lungs dude you gotta get it you got to do that. Got to get that out. Like, learn from a lifeguard. Like, take care of that shit. Yeah, I'm like, her Her heart is not going to start pumping if there's water in her lungs. Man, she can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she still manages to uh, to resuscitate her. Um, so, at the very least, Dina and, and Sam and Josh make it out. Um, unfortunately, because for some weird reason, they still feel like they have to cover up for this witch story. I know, mm-hmm. Officer Good shows up, and he's like, hey, you know, like, he started to put the pieces together, too. Like, he started to kind of be like, oh, wait, there's a connection to this witch myth. Like, this actually might have some bearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's, like, on board with trying to help them at this point, and they still are like, no, we have to rationalize it. Uh, let's just say that Simon and Kate were junkies because, you know, well, they did s- fucked up on another person, man. I mean, they did know that Kate sold sold drugs so there was a rap sheet for her so they were more easily able to like pin it on them but it still kind of sucks yeah well and it's it's really sad because in the individual interviews like because officer good talks to sam and he talks to josh and he talks to dina and they all have like the same story and they stick to it um Mm -hmm. but he specifically asks dina he's like you know it's doesn't suck that like they're your friends like don't you feel bad about pinning this on them and she's like, no, but they're dead. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like shit that we're saying this about them, but, like, it doesn't matter. They're they're gone. They're dead. You know? Yeah. Which sucks because I'm like, dude, you knew their families. Like, you knew, like, the people that knew them. Mm-hmm. And now they have to sit there. This actually kind of is cool because it dovetails with Halloween Ends, which we'll talk about in a couple episodes. Uh, trust mm-hmm. us. Uh, that it's talking about, like, what that does to people, like being associated with this type of violence and this type of like tragedy, mm-hmm. you know, if you can give them some kind of reprieve, like you should, because without it, the grief just d- 
destroys some people. So I'm like, yeah. fuck, it sucks that they pinned it on these two characters who I loved uh, who now have to deal with this. And But she's got a good point. She's like, you know, they're dead. It, it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then that's it. That's the end. <laughs> well, not quite because we have to have our cliffhanger ending to make you want to tune in for part two. Of course. Which is when Dina gets a gets her call returned from the survivor which is um just essentially her saying that there is no escaping the witch yep and sam tries to attack dina because she's possessed now yeah Um, and dina's like i'm gonna try to get you back yeah yeah and then i gotta fix his real credits yeah like that was like again like to dina's credit like her psychotic ex-girlfriend like no, you belong to me. Like, I'm not even going to let this witch have you. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, sa- it's probably, hopefully, going to save Sam. Yeah. That's what I'm, I'm like, man, for. Sam doesn't deserve this shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that does it for this one. It's That is Fear wow. Street Part 1. It was nuts to <laughs> experience it, like, without having any knowledge of, of what it was. Because mm-hmm. really, most of this movie was just me trying to figure out, like, how do I feel about this? There's, I, this is so much stuff that I've never seen presented this way before. And it, it was new and super unique. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I really like how they used this movie to not only catapult this trilogy, but to kind of, like, revitalize... I, I know that I say people say this all the time but of revitalizing slashers, but yeah. this is one that I feel like was a good revitalization of introducing it to teenagers again. Yes, uh, for sure. Which is, I think, a very important aspect of, that horror needs to do every decade and a half or so just because ev- every so often there's a new crop of people who are going to be looking for a new modern take that they can jump into because not everyone's going to want to jump into the classics and start with the original Halloween. Agreed. Um, and it might not be a movie that is as, is as accessible uh, than these movies exactly. are. Not only, like, they have the benefit of coming out today um, so you can join the spirit of what makes those movies good and relatable and the, like, I don't want to say PC-ness, but like the the accurate good attention to the human to human nature uh, and just groundedness uh, to be able yeah. to put those two things together so that everybody can enjoy it the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that at least so far, having watched the first movie of the trilogy, I can say that this movie has definitely succeeded in what the director wanted in that Absolutely. it is a new, a new generation's introduction to horror movies as right teenagers and i think having it on the era of streaming services dropping on arguably one of the best streaming services for horror movies or new horror movies i should say was a big benefit to that because i don't think these movies would have done as well had they been theatrical releases so i'm really this is one of the times i'm actually very thankful for streaming services and their way of releasing things uh, yeah, because it didn't require it... a giant box office haul that these movies I don't think would have gotten, whereas this just needed to be successful enough in viewership. Yeah, I think, you know, I, 
what is something that's great about Netflix is that because it's been around for so long, like before streaming service was something that people assumed just because they can make a lot of money, Netflix understood that it was something that you could do outside of other studios, that you could do things that, mm-hmm. you know, anyone can do anything on Netflix pretty much uh, with, with some exception. Uh, so there's a lot of variety and a lot of opportunity to be able to make things that maybe wouldn't have otherwise had a market uh, or an accessible yeah. like market. It kind of is like, like yeah, it, it did sort of kill the like renting of videos, but it still keeps that sort of thing where like, just like, like literally imagine that the aisles on like in Blockbuster are just like the categories on Netflix. Like the mm-hmm. same sort of weird people that hang out in those aisles that watch all the Mike Flanagan stuff or watch like the weird serial killer documentaries. There's a market for that because there's other people out there that are watching those same things. And like you still have like that cult community that you had with like VHS, like weird horror movies. You still have that. Now it's just kind of more widespread. And because more people can watch it, a lot more people can make it too. Yeah. For sure. So good on Netflix for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you can tune in next episode for part two of the trilogy. Yes, uh, we're going to do the rest of this franchise uh, before the end of the month, and then we're going mm-hmm. to follow it up with a very special bonus episode. Yes. Yeah, we've got some really exciting stuff uh, in the pike because of <laughs> because we have been so busy keeping up with horror movies recently we've got a lot yeah, of stuff to a talk lot about. to discuss <laughs> and um things are going to get a little hectic over the next couple weeks i can say at least for myself as i am in a transitionary period but then yeah, things will home. calm down a bit and then we will be back in the full swing of things with our episodes and everything i'm yeah. very yeah. excited yeah, we've got so much to talk about. Um, we might even just take November uh, to take like a retrospective of the year in horror, just because <laughs> there's been so much uh, and so much that's worthy of discussion, um, and so yeah. much that's accessible because it's uh, most of it's streaming now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, um, like shout but... out to HBO Max for picking up Barbarian before the end of the month. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's just so much. I mean, Peacock is able to do simultaneous, like, at-home screenings for Halloween Ends. They did the same thing mm-hmm. with Kills. Um, I think HBO's got the rest of those, too. Um, Amazon Prime, and again, Shudder, of course, is legendary. Uh, yeah. But even, like, Hulu, they like, American Horror Story, the new season is streaming, I think, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's streaming live on TV and on Hulu, so people can watch those there. And then Hellraiser. Oh, fuck, man. Have you seen it yeah, yet? I have. Oh, dude. I'm oh, so, so excited great. to talk about it. It's amazing. I love it. It was so good, man. Yeah, so we've got a lot to talk about over the next uh, several episodes after um, Fear Street. But for the meantime, enjoy Spooktober. I'm very much enjoying uh, Fear Street. Yeah. Me too, and I man. can't wait to keep going with it. Yeah, I'm excited. So... Follow our Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. You can reach us at square horror podcast at gmail.com. Uh, advice. Sometimes Danny, you can't give advice because, um, uh, some kind of witch from decades, centuries past just decides to send her like necromancy slaves 
at you. And if you blow them up, they're just going to form back from the cellular level. This really stuck with me, i got to tell you. The <laughs> cellular regrowth of an unstoppable Jason-like murderer uh, made me kind of shit my pants. Like, if I was them, mm-hmm. I would have been like, eh, you know. Yeah, that's uh, it. So I guess was... don't give up hope is the advice. <laughs> There's always a way. And until There's a next brighter time. side of overdose. I don't know. <laughs> you all stay spooky out there. Ha, ha, ha.